the Yak Legion Podcast, and the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast are sponsored by the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. You can reach them at BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com. Strictly Sail in Blue Ash, Ohio. Reach out to Brian for all your Hobie needs at 513-984-1907. And American Tackle Company. You can find them at americantackle.us. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to the Yak Legion podcast. I'm here tonight with Kyle King of King Angler. They make uh, fishing rods. Pretty good stuff, man. Very high quality. Uh, I got Christian Highfield here. He's my co-host tonight. So uh, how's it going, Kyle? Did you have a good holiday weekend? I did. It's been busy. Been to, uh, I guess, three different dinners now. I'm, I'm still full. <laughs> uh, I only got to go to the one, man. We had one at work, and then I had one at my in-law's house, and I, I got to uh, eat a couple dinners. But that's about it. <laughs> so, uh, awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I know me and Christian, um, we attended your seminar just a few weeks ago at Strictly Sail and Kayak there in Blue Ash, and um, it's pretty interesting stuff, man. I would have got a recording of it. I actually showed up kind of late. Um, I know Christian, uh, he was there for the whole thing. I think I showed up about 10 minutes late, but yeah. man, I was really impressed with your work, man. And, uh, definitely wanted to get you on the podcast tonight and just kind of go in the background of you. I know you got a cool, um, PA 14. It's got the nice wrap on it. I see you <laughs> out there on the lake and the local tournament scene quite a bit. And it's been cool to have you, man. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate you letting me come on tonight. So I love talking about my rods. So. I, uh, yeah, I just, uh, decided I was going to look to try to do something to kind of give me some income to come to pay, uh, entry fees and some travel expenses and stuff for these different tournaments. So, and I've got, I got a lot of friends that already make different kind of baits and lures and stuff like that. And, uh, one of my friends, uh, father, used to build just beautiful custom fishing rods and he passed away a few years ago and nothing was really being done with the guy's equipment so i bought all the stuff and and started practicing and and uh got where i felt comfortable on my guides and started ordering some kits and built uh i built probably about my 10th rod i felt like i was starting to get the hang of it and uh, was able to uh, say, hey, this thing's looking pretty good. I might be able to uh, do something with this. And here I am about a year and a half later. Wow, man. So how did you first, like, I know how you first got into it, but how did you first learn how to how to put a rod together? I was about did to do any research. Thing. Yeah, a lot of research, YouTube videos. And honestly, uh, I, I started out using a cardboard box to hold my rod up and give me like a stand to be able to to wrap guides and stuff so i mean you can you can let your you can let a, a spool of a thread loose in the bottom of the box and just notch a couple v's in the sides and just start learning how to wrap guides <laughs> once, once, once you get that down i mean there is a lot to fit and finish and i've built i've built a lot of cars and motorcycles and guns and and now fishing rods and 
I'm always, you know, back in the car days and stuff, I was always getting awards and stuff for, you know, for cars and motorcycles and stuff that we built. So my fit and finish is always usually pretty good. So, and the epoxy, I tell you what, when you get to epoxy, the epoxying is tough to make it to get a really good consistent finish. And I still fight with that today because the humidity, the, you know, just the different elements, you, you, you fluctuate your temperature inside your room. And honestly, right now coming into winter, it's easier with it being so cold because I can jack the heat up and keep it up 75, 80 degrees easy where in the summertime when the AC's on, you almost hate to turn a heater on to warm it up, but you need it to be 75, 80 degrees when you're doing your epoxy work or it's just not going to turn out right. That's pretty hot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you want it it fairly warm and dust-free and, you know, I I got different heaters and covers and stuff to put on over the rods i can you know to keep the dust and any kind of insects out so it, oh wow uh, do you just do this at your house then or yeah yeah i just do it at okay. my house do you have so like i'm a i'm a mechanic by trade i work okay. on i work on cars for a living so and then i just do this in the evenings and on the weekends so do you just have like a designated room at your house that you do it in then or yeah, I got I've got a workbench and okay. and stuff set up. So I'm still it's that's always a work in progress getting that straightened out. So yeah, my work areas can be a mess at times, like right now. <laughs> so where I'm can at, people find uh find your your um rods right now for sale? Well, I'm on uh, King Angler on Facebook, and actually I've got a, a guy uh, Sam Jones is putting together my website right now and i believe he's going to have it ready to to open it up on friday if i'm lucky i've i've had the i've had the website for i don't know four or five months now and just never hadn't done anything with it but it's uh i've seen a little bit of it today and it's looking pretty good wow man so material wise Getting into rod construction, what do you make the rod itself? What do you use for that? Do Mine you are, just planks and work with that, or do you actually craft the rods? Yeah, I have a, I have a guy in Arizona that makes my blanks. Um, they're made out of 100% graphite, 40-ton graphite. Um, they've got a super nice finish on them. I don't, I don't put any finish on the rod except for just over the bare minimum of the guides and and the uh just over my labeling and stuff on the butt ends usually so unless somebody wants something special done so just try to keep them lightweight and and uh wow what kind of uh uh i know you use some products from american tackle i saw at the seminar you were passing around some stuff yeah right now i use their palm swell real seat for their their uh, spinning rods i really like that you know, and then um, I'm supposed to be getting a hold of uh, one of the representatives on the uh, one of the things that keeps me from using their their guides. The microwave system is up to this point. You've not been able to replace individual guides and you had to order whole packs. But uh, I believe that's about to change for me here. So, 
Yeah, I know you were talking with John Graves about that, and he was going to talk to um, Austin Todd about it and see what they can't, what they can't do. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking for a phone call, so we'll see. So I know American Tackle sells a lot of other stuff, crankbaits and soft plastics, yep. and, oh, and yeah. eventually that's and that's kind of kind of one of the reasons why King Angler is just not King Angler Rod because eventually I plan on adding tackle and and other stuff like that eventually here so oh wow well hey definitely good luck to you on that um so what's the main differences between i guess this might be a dumb question for some but maybe some newbies uh what's the differences between a casting rod and um a spinning rod and then also sort of the differences in the different sizes like the medium heavies and like what are those for exactly okay well any of my any of my blanks, if you look through, sorry about that. You look through and order any of my blanks. They can be done in a casting or spinning rod. So that all just depends on you. If you want to use a casting reel or a spinning reel, you know your you know, your spinning reel is kind of the upside down stick. So. Um, is there any cost differences? Um. It just depends on how you on how you. Uh, set them up there is a cost difference on the way that i build the spinning reels on with my alps reel seats because i don't use any grips there's no foregrip or no rear grip just a fighting butt so you, you, there's about 20 30 dollar difference usually between a casting rod and a spinning rod gotcha so and uh also one thing i do talking about uh difference between spinning and casting on my casting rods i will do what they call a spiral wrap or an acid wrap where you're when you come out of your reel your first guide is is straight up where you normally see it but after that depending on if you're left-handed reel or right-handed reel that that second guide starts rolling off to the side and then the next one goes a little further and then a further to where about the fourth guide out you're all you're 180 out so you're on the bottom you're inside that spine of that blank so you're even casting you're coming off the bottom of the guide like you would a, a, a spinning rod a spinning rod a lot of times is more sensitive and it's just because of the way the line comes off the end of the rod and in the guide and not on the blank yeah yeah makes sense now, do you make um, uh, different sizes? Like, do you make uh, medium, medium, medium heavies? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a full line. Um, anywhere from, and I can, you know, my normal menus from seven foot up to eight foot. Any, anything and everything in between. But if there's something that you're looking for specifically, like um, six, six, I can get six, six rods. You know, even if I've, I've built other, rod blanks that's not my typical rod blank guys want a certain specific rod blank used uh, uh north fork composite which is uh gary loomis's company i've built on them i can get uh some uh st croix blanks you know rain shadow blanks are becoming more popular guys are wanting them and i'm starting to get into the big surf rods guys are using for catfishing oh, and nice. start, 
and starting to get into doing fly rods also here. So you're going to start seeing some Sweet. of that stuff. Now I've got one quick question about the, uh, you said that you use the hundred percent 40 ton graphite blanks. Yeah. Yeah. Now just so, uh, are there any other rods on the market that, or what other, do you happen to know any other rods on the market that use that same blank so that maybe some viewers would know about the type of action, um, they're going to have, so they would know when ordering, um, or, asking for a custom rod no i i can't tell you who you know whatever everybody else's blanks are made of i only know this because i've talked to the guy that i have producing my blanks mm -hmm. um, a lot of rod construction they they are not 100 percent graphite they'll actually have okay. a little bit of fiberglass okay on, you know, that's in the base of them, you know, where 20 to 30% of the rod can actually have a little bit of, you know, glass material in them. But uh, mine are all 100%, even the, 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 the pieces that are wrapped around the big long mandrel are the same graphite that goes into the, into the build of the rod itself. So, okay. Well, so what's your main clientele? Uh, I mean, I got, it's really about 50 50 between kayak guys and boat guys i yeah. have a bunch of guys in the boat world that that are that are out there hammering fish with them and and i'm getting to have a pretty good amount of guys in kayaks starting to use them so um most a lot of people out there know alan reed he used my rods this year and he's got he had a couple kbf pro tour wins and a trail win using my rods so yeah, 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 that's pretty interesting stuff, man. I know Alan Reed was on the show uh, a few episodes back. And uh also want to mention, this is our 30th episode here at Yak Legion. <laughs> awesome. So, awesome, man. That's not including, like, my other show I do and then some of my announcements. But, yeah, 30 official episodes. And uh, I definitely thank everybody for making that happen. And it's, uh, it's been a hell of a ride. <laughs> there's been ups and there's been downs. But... It's all been fun. That's cool. Yeah, I enjoy listening to it. Oh, thank you, man. So kind of uh, rod construction for dummies here. Going from step one to the finished product, how do you go about putting the, rod, the rods together? Well, the first thing you do is you find you got to find a spine. The natural bend of each rod blank has a, you call that the spine. And you want to build on that. So you're, you're, your spinning rods, all your guides will go in the spine. Your casting rods, they go on the back of the spine. And from that point, you get your spine. So then you know, then you know if you're if you're building a spinning rod or casting rod. So you know which which way you got to line everything up. And then at that point, you're just doing. Uh, I got a slide caliper. I'm measuring, you know, measuring the rod blank and. And then reaming grips and reel seats and stuff like that to make them fit. And then I'll glue it all up one night and you'll have your grips and your reel seat and stuff glued up. And I'll just let that sit till the next day. And then I'll wrap the rod, um, you know, lay all the guides out, wrap them, and usually get my first coat of epoxy on that first day. And then uh, come back the next day, second coat of epoxy and hopefully that's it <laughs> hopefully yeah. it's done so okay. sometimes it doesn't work like that sometimes it takes two or three coats so but once you you know i figure i got about five hours 
in each rod, but that's over like a three-day span. I gotcha. Yeah, you gotta wait for stuff to dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's go to commercial break, and we'll be right back, and we'll get into some fish talk. Oh, yeah. And here is a word from our sponsors. Venom Lures in Lancaster, Ohio. They're known for their great soft plastics and terminal tackle. They've been providing quality products from right here in Ohio since 1984. Mr. Dustin Carnes is the new owner and inventor of the DK rig. It's a weedless version of the Ned rig that's taken the fishing world by storm. You can check them out at VenomLures.com. Our next one is Strictly Sale. It's located on Kenwood Road in Blue Ash, Ohio. They sell Hobie, New Canoe, Phil Freeze, Three Waters, uh, Johnny Boats, and they've been providing high quality service to fishermen and watercraft enthusiasts since 1978. Reach out to Brian Tacey at 513-984-1907 or you can check them out at StrictlySaleInc.com. We have American Tackle, baby, the inventors of the microwave line guide system. Great company, run by a great guy, Austin Todd. Definitely, definitely check them out. Their fishing rods are far superior. And then lastly, Fishing Real Fishing Company. They help make the logo of the Yak Legion. Great company. Check them out at realfishingco.com. All right, and we're back. So, Kyle, man, let's get us some fish talk. Uh, yep. What's the biggest bass that you know of that's been caught on one of your rods? Oh, I would say that would be down in Florida. Um, my dad, actually, my, my dad and my stepmom was down there crushing them this, earlier this year, this late spring, early summer. So I, I my stepmom caught one on it. It looked to be at least 12 pounds. Wow. A big Florida bass, man. They get big. It was a big one. Do you go down there uh, very often? I went down there two years ago now in the spring when my son was on spring break and went and fished to Lake Kissimmee. Didn't have any luck at all. <laughs> oh, wow. So it was, it, I got down there and it was bad weather. It was real windy and it was tough. So what all tournament trails um, around here, locally and nationally, do you fish? Well, I fish the uh, the Cincinnati kayak fishing. I fished them, you know, every one of them. And then last year, I fished the kayak of Southern Indiana's group. I fished some of theirs. I, I fished three different groups in Indiana's different tournaments last year. And then uh, I went to... Oh, where did I go last year? I went to Chick for the Hobie event. Nice. And I went up to St. Clair for the uh, KBF event, but uh, I procrastinated uh, entering, and my pre-fishing was so bad, I just came home. Oh, oh I wow. Didn't stay, I didn't stay for the tournament, so. But uh, I've been to Kentucky Lake and fished them. I like the Hobie events more than anything i guess and then the cincinnati kayak fishing and and uh that series is being expanded to quite a bit this coming up season the 2020 year is going to be great for us there yeah i saw that they have a tournament in kentucky at uh, kincaid and brookville yep. in indiana 
Yeah, we tried. We tried doing the whole tri-state this time for an on for an in place, you know, for on-site tournament, and and then still do the 150-mile radius, and then the flowing water tournament, as long as and also a uh, charity event and a tournament of champions. So that's the one oh. I'm hoping to make. That's my goal this year. That's awesome. I um I had a lot of fun fishing the Hobie Bass Open Series. I went down and fished Gunnersville. And uh, that was definitely an awesome experience. And I plan to do more of the Hobie Bass Open Series this year. Yep. Uh, where, what's yeah, that charity event about? Do you have any details on that? Uh, not really yet. I'm I'm still kind of waiting on Brian to let us know there. I know uh, we're wanting to do a MLS style as long as uh, Tourney X can do that, where every fish counts. There's no... You know, I believe it'll have to meet a 12-inch minimum, but every fish over 12 inches will count, kind of like MLF, which would okay. be kind of cool. I got you. I think right now on uh, Tourney X, I think the max fish is like 20, uh, 22, because we looked into yeah. that for our boatload of bass tournament for the Buckeye Trail. Yeah. Uh, don't quote me on that, but that'd be kind of interesting. I'd definitely be interested in participating in that. Yeah, and it's for a good cause. It's going to be for a good cause. So uh, there'll be you'll see much more information coming up on that here soon. Gotcha, gotcha, man. Do you have any wins in your pocket? Tournament wins, or I do. I actually won the very first kayak event I entered in. Oh wow! <laughs> what was that? It was on uh, Cowan Lake in the uh, uh, the springtime event for Cincinnati kayak fishing in 2018. Nice. What'd so you win that on? Like, what was you throwing? <laughs> uh, I'll just say it, it was a it was a style of crankbait. Oh, I got you. <laughs> You're gonna keep the secrets, huh? Uh, that's I, a, I couldn't believe it. I showed up there and actually went out there and I caught I only caught three fish, but they was the three right ones. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I did. I. I Probably not my personal best, but my personal best in a kayak. I caught that turn was 20 inch, and that was a pre-spawn. It was a pre-spawn fish, and that she was fatty. She. I wish I'd have had some scales on me because I know it was at least six and a half pounds, if not more. Oh, wow. There's a lot of great fish out of Cowan, man. It's becoming an awesome lake. It's also very overfished. There's a lot of people, a lot of pressure on that lake nowadays. Yeah. 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 It's a lot you, of fun, uh, I've had some ups and downs there, that's for sure. So yeah. I won a tournament there, then the next tournament I never caught a fish. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how it is. Seems like I struggle in the early spring, man, when it's real cold and the water's yep. muddy. And, man, it's just hard, hard to get a bite some of them days. Especially when the water's down like it was that one day me and you went out, Zach. Yeah. That was something else, man. We went out to Cowan Lake. Man, it was like six foot low, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was ridiculous. It was, I mean, I would say at least six foot low. But kind of the interesting thing about that trip, though, is we got to see all the structure, like yeah. all the underwater structure that's normally, you know, below the water line you can't see. When you go out there and that lake is down like that, man, you can find all those good spots. Yeah. I know that was like that this spring, I believe, and I, I just didn't get out there. It had been good to get out there with a camera and, and take a picture of all that. Well, supposedly my buddy John Graves did. He took video of all that. He won't show nobody. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't blame him, I don't guess. I should have did the same thing. I didn't even think about that. I know. <laughs> so, top three baits, man. What's the three your three favorite things to throw? Oh, number one's got to be a jackhammer. <laughs> nice. I, I've always got one of them tied on. You know, if it depends on, you know, my, my trailer might change, but um, either white or green pumpkin, one of them two, you know, and then uh, a shaky head and uh, probably a square bill. Wow. Those would probably be my three favorites. Uh, what's your biggest fish? Uh, well, you said 20 inches on a kayak. What about overall? Yeah. I've got. I got one, uh, like 21, a little over 21. So it's, it came out of, uh, out of the lake at my, at my dad's house, of the farm I grew up on. Oh, nice. Thank you, man. So, uh, I know I, uh, said it earlier, but, uh, what kind of kayak are you on? You're on a Hobie PA 14, right? Yep. Yep. I am. And, uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm going to be on that mostly, but for our flowing water events and any river fishing, I'm going to be fishing on. I'm going to uh, here for a while. I'm going to be on that new canoe frontier ten also. Okay. So I'm I'm going to start to uh, start using that boat some here and see if I can help them guys out some. Oh, definitely, man. Uh, those new canoe kayaks look pretty sweet. I've checked a few of them out myself. Uh, being a bigger guy, I was kind of, um, I don't know what the word I should say, but skeptical of them a little bit. They don't seem like they're too um, stable for a bigger guy like me, but I've never really been on a new canoe, so I couldn't tell you. You might not want to get in a flip, but I think any like the F-12... That, that Frontier 12 is probably one of the more stable kayaks. Yeah, you know, that's not a Hobie. Oh, wow. So what got you into kayak fishing? I fished out of a canoe for a long time. And oh, nice. uh, my, I had to have my canoe out at my dad's on our property I grew up on. And uh, it was about seven years ago now a tornado come through and tore their, leveled their farm. and my canoe, we found it about five miles away, impaled about 80 feet up in a tree. <laughs> so, God. honestly, after that, I put my fishing rods down, and I didn't fish for a while after that. I was racing and doing some different stuff, and and uh, I was pretty well about done racing, and one of my buddies, Tom, said he wanted to go out to my dad's and go fishing, asked if I wanted to come, and he had a he'd got him a kayak he was had him a little wilderness kayak and wanted to show it to me so i got in that and fished out of that for a little bit and liked it and my uncle had a, a tandem jackson kayak so i started fishing out of that for a little while and then uh started looking around to buy a hobie so actually i wasn't even going to buy a hobie at first i went to go look at a different brand and and brian tacy there at strictly sales i i happened to uh show up when he was getting ready to go down and demo the a pa12 and an outback to a customer so i i rode down and i got in that pa12 and 
Bear wasn't getting in anything else after that. Oh, she got a PA 12 first? Well, 14. I went ahead and just got the 14, but yeah, I mean, once I set up, sat down in that pro angler, was able to stand right up, that I knew that's what I wanted. So, uh, were you ever involved in the bass boat world? No, not in tournaments. I grew up fishing off a bass boat and stuff, but never any tournaments. Gotcha. What gear are you running on your Hobie? Uh, I got a uh, Humminbird's Helix 9-inch uh, mega unit. And then uh, I made my own double tackle crate. I carry way too much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> How many rods I, I do you pack for a tournament? Usually nine. Oh, usually wow. take nine. And I always carry an extra reel with me if I have a reel malfunction or something. So that's a smart idea. I always got extra line. So one thing I'm wanting to add is a trolling motor. I'm wanting a torpedo. I just don't have it yet. Yeah, I uh, I'm trying to save up a little bit of cash for that. They're kind of expensive, so uh, I, I definitely like to get me one. That 1103 is going to be the one to get. I think that's what I'm waiting on. Oh wow, nice. Do you do any uh, uh, excuse me? Do you do any other types of fishing like crappie, catfish, or just strictly bass? No, I love getting out on the river right now for the hybrids, but I'm kind of recovering from shoulder surgery, so I've not been able to. I've not fished in three and a half months now at this point. Oh man, what happened with your shoulder? You know, by masking. I tore up my rotator cuff and my bicep tendon so just starting to really get back to normal yet so so are you going to look into maybe making but now back to your rod making um are you going to ever maybe try making crappie rods i have i've built some for a couple for uh, a guy that's bought several rods i've built crappie rods for his parents Oh, nice. Did you make the big long ones, <laughs> the big jigging rods? <laughs> no, I, they wanted just like seven foot. I did a seven foot for him and then a, what was a six, 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 three or six, six for his wife. You know, like right now I can get nine, 10, 12 footers. I can, I can get all that stuff. So what would you do differently from making a bass rod to a crappie rod? It's just the, it's just the heavy and the action. You know, you're gotcha. gonna want something, something more along like an ultralight. Gotcha, gotcha. Do you have any sponsors? Myself. <laughs> yeah. No pro sponsors. I, I uh, A and A wholesale baits. Uh, my buddy Gary Armstrong, he makes a lot of my crank baits. My topwater baits, and a lot of my jigs, all of my all shape heads, and and uh, my Ned rig, my Ned heads, and swim jig, swing heads, and swim jig heads, and stuff. And then uh, I'll, I'll be representing Strictly Sail there. Oh yeah, you on the Strictly Sail team? Yeah. Me too, bro. Other strictly sale rocks. <laughs> They're awesome. They're awesome. 
I'm excited yeah. to go pick up this new canoe. Actually, I want to get out. Come on, try it out. When are you picking it up? I, I probably just need to go get it. <laughs> it's, it's there in the way, I think. <laughs> oh, um, so I think we're going to wrap it up, but before we go, I ask all my guests the same question. Um, now what's a crazy fishing story and it could be something funny, sad, something tragic. What's well, of mine? man, I've got a, a really good story, but it's kind of long. I'll try to make it quick, but, uh, we got time. Um, it's tragic and funny all kind of at the same time uh when i was a kid we was me and uh i'm not going to name any of the adults that was there but there was a couple adults i was a i was pro i was a teenager and uh, we went up a uh up the lothry creek actually out of Versailles, where I'm, I'm originally from southeastern indiana Versailles, holton area but we went up the lothry creek and and uh we was we put out with catfishing and stuff and we didn't, we had to write amount of lines and stuff out, but we had us a little campfire, but we thought we was far enough up out of the park that we would have been okay to have a campfire. Cause we was out of the park. We thought pretty good ways. And, uh, man, it was probably about one o'clock in the morning. We seen some lights and these boats coming up Lothry Creek and they come by and, and it was, uh, game warden and a couple sheriffs and the coroner and everybody like two or three little john boats and they was dragging an empty boat and they got on us about our got on us about our campfire and stuff and uh, so we started putting it out and they went on up the river a couple hours later they're coming back down of course our campfire's still going and uh well this time as they come back down they got over into our lines into our fishing lines and started started getting on us about our campfire and stuff so we started just taking stuff down well they got all tangled up in our we each had two rod two rods out so we had six lines out there they got all tangled up in them and and uh they started ducking down in their boats because weights and hooks started flying and <laughs> wow. it was pretty funny <laughs> But uh, that third boat, when they came back through, it got over by us, and it, that thing had body bags in it. And I guess somewhere up up on out of the park, up the Lothian Creek, two, two people had suffocated themselves with the charcoal in their tent the night before. I guess it was raining and cold, and they brought their charcoal grill into their tent, and it suffocated them. It, it, it killed them. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I'll never forget the sound of them hooks and weights bouncing off the side of them boats. Yeah. <laughs> them guys got tangled up in it. It was kind of funny. Uh, so, morbid but yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, morbid but funny. So okay. you hate you hate yeah. to see stuff like that, but oh well. What do you do? Yeah, no kidding, man. Uh, what are some of your plans for next year for 2020? Fishing wise, I'm gonna fish all the Cincinnati kayak fishing events and and I'm gonna try to do a spot Hobie tournament here or there and 
I'll try to get over here. I know the KBF is coming to Lake Monroe over here in Indiana. I'll try to hit that one up for sure. And probably St. Clair. And then uh, just pick a couple different tournaments that are, aren't too terribly far with the Indiana guys. So I like a lot of, I'm from Indiana. I fish, you know, I like fishing with some of these Indiana guys, but being here in Lawrenceburg area, I'm a lot closer to the Cincinnati area for fishing than I am for driving all the way across state to fish yeah. with a lot of these other guys. So, but I can only do so much. So, I understand. I you going to do any of the Hobie BOS events? I'd like to. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to or not. I got you. I got you. Uh, you got anything else, Christian? I think he's uh, he's having technical difficulties. But <laughs> well, I appreciate oh, you, Kyle, sorry. coming on, I'm, man. I'm here. For everybody Very listening. Good. He's okay. back. I didn't realize my uh, mic was muted. My bad. <laughs> but, oh, that's all um, good. Um, not that I can, not that I can think of right now. Just only last thing is I know you'd probably cover it is, uh, just if you want to talk about where all they can reach them in case they want to, uh, order a custom rod from them. Yes, sir. For everybody listening, uh, where can they order your rods? Um, you can email me, uh, KK45011 at yahoo.com. Uh, you can look me up Kyle King on Facebook. I have King Angler on Facebook. My, I got my pricing sheets there. Uh, my website, I'm hoping, will be uh, dropped on Friday. That's, that's my hope. If not Friday, then early next week for sure. Awesome. Definitely a website coming handy, make it easier to uh, for people to order stuff from you. But that's awesome, man. I wish you the best of luck. And um, uh, that's interesting. I can't wait to see what uh, your name becomes here in a few years, man. If your rods become huge. <laughs> I hope so. If you want something lightweight, strong, I do a lot of carbon fiber grips. You know, you want something different. If you want something different, I'm the guy to come see. Awesome, man. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Kyle, for coming on. Thanks again, for uh, Christian, for helping out. Uh, no problem. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. And I'm glad you all survived Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so have a good one, guys. Good night. <laughs>